Guys, I saw the Waitress movie a second time with somebody who was like, I didn't like it. I thought it would be more moving. And then they said they kind of liked the music from Mean Girls. And I went, maybe you just have bad taste. I thought you were going to say taste. they liked Terrible the taste. baby. They were like, my favorite part was the baby. No, I saw a TikTok where someone <laughs> was like, the baby made me cry. And I went, what? I was like, absolutely not. Welcome back to this toxic fandom, the Christmas Spectacular. And it's Christmas because, honestly, we're not throwing any other holidays under the bus with what we're talking about today. Nope. nope. We're going to ramble uh-uh. for the next 87 hours. Sorry, Nick. That's Nick, our editor for this episode, not uh, Nick the Saint, who is also um, Santa Claus. Although Nick is a saint for having to listen to this, listen to this episode. <laughs> for real, for real. Thank it. you, Nick. But Love you. we're saints for having to have to watch The Bitch Who Stole Christmas on uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, ho, ho, ho. What did you call me? You heard me. Introduce yourself, Toxic fans. Hi, everyone. I'm Steven. Happy holidays. This movie killed me. This is actually a shambling corpse that's just kind of like pre-programmed to say some things. Oh, Lord. You know when your your dad tries to pretend to be Santa and gets stuck in the chimney? Our podcast dad gets stuck in the chimney and slowly rotting. Yep. Yep. You're, you're, it's going to be a long winter. Hi, I'm David Gorin. Um, my dad never <laughs> pretended to be Santa and got stuck in a chimney, but he did call- well, That's can- why he's alive. Yeah, I was going to say, but he did call candles chandles on Hanukkah. Chanaka? Chanaka. Chanaka Chandles. <laughs> Chanaka Chandles. That should have been um, Chandler's sister on Friends. I went to Hebrew school with her. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, and Big Dick Nick. Also, Wait, weird. Dave. Weird, that was his name. Weird question. Um, am I a double saint? Because I've seen this movie twice now. <laughs> you fell asleep during the first time. This is true. Also, you can't double up sainthood. They don't stack. It's like advantage in D&D. Good point. Um, no, it's, it's actually. You don't know if that's a good point. You don't understand what I just said. But I can pretend I do. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the middle ho when Santa says ho, 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 because I like to be in the middle of things. Joe Lee. Oh, my. Doesn't that just make you Lucky Pierre, not Joe Lee? I don't know what that means. Lucky Pierre, season 17. (laughs) I don't think we're getting Drag Kings by season 17. I was about to say, Lucky Pierre has a better chance of being on Dracula. What is Lucky Pierre? Lucky Pierre is when you're having a three-way... And you're the person in the middle. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I just call it being a special guest star. Oh. No, 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 no. So if you... If you're getting Eiffel Towered, you're lucky No, no, no. That's being Eiffel Towered. Oh, so like if you're getting fucked and fucking. Exactly. Oh, I don't that's like doing lucky that. Pierre. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I was going to say... It's if... hard to stay hard while getting fucked. Yeah, that sounds I mean, difficult. some people have so, that superpower. Yeah, some people do. I'm not that type of girl. And you're not that girl. Wrong musical. I'm <laughs> kidding. This movie just has an opening number and then isn't a musical. It has no, no, a couple no. of songs. It, no, it has two songs. It three. has three. Where's the third? I don't count any of the other songs as songs. <laughs> Here's the thing. I would only count one of the songs as a musical song because everything else is diegetic. Yeah. Because they sing three times for the Christmas pageant. Yes. But there are so many points where Chris Rodriguez stands on something to give a speech and I kept expecting Broadway singer Krista Rodriguez to start singing a song, and she never does. No, no, she does not. 
So, okay. I have avoided this thing for a dog's age. A bitch's age? A bitch's age. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to tell you two what I thought I was going to get. Okay? Here's okay. what I thought I was going to see. I thought it was going to be How the Grinch Stole Christmas with RuPaul, basically the fill-in for the Grinch. Why didn't you say the titular character? The titular character, sure, why not? Um, Because it has the word tit in it. I know. Listen, they made so many horrible, horrible Yeah, I actually never need to hear. So oh. I didn't think it was that. I thought it was what it was, but I thought it was going to be charming. Like, I thought it was going to be a send-up of Hallmark movies as yeah. done by Drag Race. One, I thought it would be charming. Two, I thought it would be appropriate enough to play on cable every year. Like, I think the most nope. shocking thing for, about this movie to me is that it's not something you could just literally throw on CBS once a year. No. No. At, like, 10 p.m. as a holidays movie because it just is too inappropriate. So it, you have to seek this out to watch it. And I can't imagine anyone watching this once and seeking it out again unless we were forcing them to for a podcast. Also... I'm ready to bet dollars for donuts the way that things are going. This is not going to be streaming for much longer. My guess is that (laughs) Paramount Plus made a deal with WoW. I would guess that unless Paramount Plus is also removing Drag Race, they're not going to remove this. Well, this is technically an MTV production. MTV. Exactly. Well, so it's Drag Race now. True, but I I don't know if this was... I mean, mean, no, it was because the WoW producers produced it. Yeah, you can tell because the writers of the little skits they do on Drag Race wrote it. Oh, I didn't realize that. I don't know if that's a fact or not. I just can tell from watching it that it's the exact quality as the Drag Race sketches. I mean, I guess this shows that, like, to my first time watching it, I genuinely glaze over during their, like, sketch when they have to do, like, Mommy, She Done Already Had Herses or whatever. What? What? I don't know. I'm making it up. You couldn't think about my best girlfriend's bridesmaid's wedding trip? You forgot the most iconic title? Yeah, I did. What was the name of that one mess where they had to do American Horror Story, but somehow worse? I think it was American Horror Story. No, it was, I think it was dumber than that, but I don't remember. I hate it. It might be American Horror Story. If you put a gun to my head and said, describe this movie, I would say, you know those old SNL sketch movies Mm -hmm. where they would take a single sketch character and stretch it for a two hour film? Imagine if you did that, but instead of the SNL writers, you got some guy off the street. And instead of actors who had been on SNL, you got literally somebody who probably should have lip synced their first acting challenge as one of your four leads. Yep, 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 yep. You know, here's how I think it went. I think that RuPaul was having a dinner party. Okay. With, I don't remember their real name, so I'm going to call them Flotsam and Jetsam from WoW. Okay. They were having a dinner party. No, that's not them. Okay. Um, Flotsam and Jetsam. And RuPaul said, you know, this year I discovered Hallmark Christmas movies. We should make one, but it's going to be like the Dirty Charades version. And Flotsam and Jetsam were like, yes. Calling it the Dirty Charades version is very funny. <laughs> it's very accurate, too. Uh, no, I... Because so, yeah, that's what RuPaul probably said. I thought this was going to be... Like, for example, if RuPaul were to do something with the Golden Girls, I think it would actually be spectacular. I think that if RuPaul was trying to 
do something that was an homage to Golden Girls. He loves that so much, he would make sure it was good. Yes. I thought that maybe RuPaul has just been a big fan of Hallmark Christmas movies for years now, and he wanted to make his own. And so it was going to have a lot of heart. I thought it was going to be very charming. Like, the thing is, is that you can do a send-up of Hallmark Christmas movies that makes fun of them while still being good. Yes. If you just care. And there's so little care in this movie. There was a point when I was watching it where I went, I feel like for the opening number, every single shot was done in one take. Very possible. Like, like with the lack of choreography, with everything, it was just... I have a question for both of you. Okay. Um, Two, actually. All right. Question number one. Have either of you seen a Hallmark Christmas movie? Because I never have. Yes, I have. I have not in years. But I know the I know the structure. Like yes. I, I mean, I do too. I feel like at this point, it's it's kind of like how you know Star Wars, and have never seen Star Wars, and I've never seen a, a Hallmark movie. But I was listening to. So, In fairness, you have to understand how would I have seen a Hallmark Christmas movie? You never is seen a movie. movie. This is true. Um, so like I know I I can essentially figure out oh this is what it's trying to go for. But like. The other thing that's funny is that while watching this, I had just finished an Audible book that I thought was a sequel to a book that I liked, like a Christmas sequel to a book that I liked. It wasn't, but I was listening to it and I was like, I feel like this is why people watch Hallmark movies, but this is smut. So, okay, here's the thing about Hallmark movies in particular. David listened to Hallmark porn. I did! I did! Well, good for you. Good for you. And, oh, and then I was also reading this really good book called The Christmas did, did, Orphans did it, Club, which is really, really good. Uh, highly re- highly it, recommend. Did it really put a fire in your chimney? Did it light your menorah? Did it stuff your stocking? I'm embarrassed to say that I was, like, listening to it in the car, and there were moments that I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand why women like this. I was like... Like, like, like when he was talking about his erect cock against his jeans, oh I was gosh. like, <laughs> listen, listen, there's always room for a kissy book as my grandmother used to call them. <laughs> so I just appreciate how far back David went knowing he was about to scream. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> David has learned how to work a microphone. I'm, I'm Maybe proud he of learned them. a thing or two from that kissy book as Stephen Pope's grandfather. Yeah, I learned how to work the microphone and cradle the balls. <laughs> <laughs> We call them chestnuts in Christmas. Fuck off. (laughs) Fuck all the way off. Ugh. So, all right. The Hallmark movies are incredibly cozy, predictable things. Everyone knows this. They are formulaic as hell, and that's half the appeal. You put one on, and you're going to have a very simple, easy time. You're not going to have to do any heavy lifting. You're not going to have to think too hard, and it's going to end with the couple together. So it's like an Amish romance novel. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the entire idea is that you're watching the same story every time, but they just have different flavors over them. Exactly. Speaking of the story, should we just, like, run through the plot of this and then we can, without, like... Wait, Joe, they have different flavors? Yeah, vanilla, French vanilla, Tahitian vanilla. Oh, I thought I was They're gonna, all white. I thought I was gonna say, like, like poppers? <laughs> Merry Christmas, Joe. <laughs> no one got me poppers for Christmas, so it's not a very Merry Christmas. Aw. <laughs> Now, before well, we dive coppers, I think they would have expected a Merry Christmas. Oh, gosh. So before we get into this real fast, there is just one thing I wanted to say, because David and I talked about this a long time ago, and it feels so relevant. You can't parody something you don't love. Yes. Yeah. Were it, you the person who told me this? No, you told me this. But also, oh. this is distinctly the difference between Shrek and Shrek 2. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Where Shrek is clearly the angriest movie you've ever watched and doesn't and is mad about a lot of stuff, whereas Shrek 2 is just having a great time. Yeah. This is, oh, you guys don't care about this. This is the Hallmark movie I would write. Which is to say that I don't know Hallmark enough to care. Well, it's funny because I was having this moment where I was wondering if it was Joe who told me this or if it was Pope, but now I think it was neither. I know. very Well, drag. no, because if, if, if I told you this, then I must have told someone else who brought this to my attention. What Pope is talking about is a friend of mine and I were working on a high school musical parody. Oh, I told you this. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, David, I think this was me. Yeah. we were talking about High School Musical, and I was like, we were talking about High School Musical parody, and everything you were saying, I was like, oh, none of this works. No, what you said specifically is, this is just mean. You yeah. don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you were saying was like, oh, they're going to be doing this. It's like, oh, you don't like this enough to find the joy in the parody. Yeah. You're too mean to these characters. Yeah. And that's aggressively what this is. We're yeah, like, absolutely. But let's just get into it. So- Rip this band-aid off. Yeah. Yep. So Chris Rodriguez plays some lady who, Olivia. I don't remember her. She just gets called Maggie Zine from us. She works at Gorge. Gorge, which is basically Vogue. And she is called into RuPaul's office, who's the editor in queef of Vogue. And she's told, I need you to steal a crown for me. No, I need you to go to this town and steal a crown for me and write an expose about yep. how terrible this town is and get the crown for me. Yes. The biggest thing is that she's also like, and commit theft. Um, but she's like, I need you to write this expose about how terrible this Christmas town is and commit petty larceny, or I'm going to give your promotion to Gottmeck. You know, it's funny that you say that because I'm pretty sure that I saw Petty Larceny at Showgirls the other week. <laughs> Petty Larceny actually doesn't appear in this movie. <laughs> Everyone else does. So ah! Chris Rodriguez is like, I don't know if I can do this. She goes home and even though she is a... Oh, also Gottmik is out of drag. Yeah. Yeah, Gottmik's full boy mode. Yeah, Gottmik is Super in boy mode, boy mode. And, uh, and honestly, I think Gottmik is probably the best drag queen in this movie. Partially because they only have one scene. And it's I disagree, but we'll get to that. Okay. You liked Kelly Mantle. No, I liked Latrice. Oh, I like Latrice too. We all like Latrice. It's Latrice Latrice Royale. We all like her. I I just was like, wow, Latrice Royale is just doing Latrice Royale and it works. Yeah. 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 But I thought thought Gottmik did really well. Heidi is also in the office. For five seconds. She literally just shows up. She's like, if she didn't have a gap in her teeth, I wouldn't have recognized her. She like, but it's like such a moment where it's just kind of clear that it's like such a quick cameo because she like smiles, gap into the teeth, winks, and then turns and it's her, you know, beautiful, bodacious booty. Chris Rodriguez is at home and then she's like, I'm going to do this. She sees a wig that she has for some reason. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to put on this wig even though no one knows who I am and I could just use my regular hair. Yep. I'm going to put on this red wig that I'll wear for the entire movie and I'm going to go to this town and I'm going to call myself Maggie Zine because again, even though I'm an unknown reporter and no one knows who I am, I'm going to just say that and then I'm going to go to this town and like write the expose. So she arrives. Oh, the town is called Tuckahoe because of course it is. I had a moment where I went, is it possible to enjoy this movie if you're not an existing fan of Drag Race? And I no. Think the answer is no. The answer um, is no. Even as Drag Race fans, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, but, you know, I still don't know who this movie's for. It thinks it's for Drag Race fans. This movie's for people who are six eggnogs in and are at a party where they've already watched all of Uh. And they ate so many marijuana edibles. Can I say something shady? Sure. Why not? This movie 
is for people who think that the triple A girls deserve Grammys. This movie is for gays who think that being mean is the height of comedy. Yes. This movie is for Alyssa Edwards and <laughs> no one else. And yet Alyssa Edwards didn't even bother to show up. But she was busy doing Hurricane Bianca. Where she was ambrosia salad, but she forgot what ambrosia salad was. Did she? Yep. Is that real? Yeah, it's real. That's fun. So Chris Rodriguez arrives and they're in the middle of a musical number. And Chris Rodriguez sings and is like, I don't know why I did that. And it never comes up again. No. Nope. There is a non-diegetic musical number introducing the town where several people are real singing. And then whoever the girl is who does the voices for the rusicals is singing for all the drag queens. Yeah. Um, which is, except for uh, maybe a few of them. I can't really tell. All of the lip syncing is bad. Yeah. So Literally, fucking bad. It never looks like anyone's words are coming out of their mouth, except for Chris Rodriguez, who's also the only person you can definitively say is singing. Yes. It's just very awkward. And then she runs into Raven, and she's like, I'm looking for this in. And she's like, it's that way. Yep. And she's like, you love Christmas, right? And she's like, sure. Sure, Jan. Um, Jan's not here yet. Yeah, so Jan's going to come in a few. She gets to the inn and Katya lets her in. Or nope. Brooklyn Heights as Katya. Yep. Because Katya was out of town that weekend. If you are going to write a main character who is a Russian hooker and you cannot get Katya. Just, write the damn thing. Just make it a Canadian hooker. Yes. Just literally have, because Brooke can't do the accent. No. She's so bad. It's one of those things where like, I don't so think. Did we learn bad. nothing from her Snatch Game? Did we learn nothing from the fact that she almost lip synced in Why's It Gotta Be Black Panther? Like, Brooke is not an actor. No. A lot of these girls are just doing cameos. Yeah. Kylie is just playing Dolly Parton for a single scene. Which um, is fine. And there's That's a lot fine. of that. But like, yeah. Rock'em Soccer is there for some reason. Because she was in town. I genuinely think they just put out a call for Rue girls, and then whoever showed up, they put them in they the just thing. They just put out the Rue signal. It's like the bat signal, but it's a wig. It's just a lipstick that says Dela. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, totally random, because this is something that I genuinely am curious about. So she has that moment of like, oh, I'm going to put on a wig, which I know is like... It's the drag thing of it it's, all. It's the drag also, thing of it all. But the bigger thing was she finally put on lipstick, because oh my god, her lips are the same color as her face in the first scene, and it's horrifying. <laughs> I could not stop I have in my notes they forgot to put lipstick on Chris Rodriguez in the first scene meanwhile RuPaul looks better than she's ever Ever looked looked for the entire movie Joe Joe sweetheart darling love I love that that's what bothered you about the opening where she has this horrible flesh tone lip the whole time and not the fact that RuPaul looks like a goddess isn't a completely different building. I know. I was gonna say that RuPaul was never on set. I guess not. Because if you look at know. okay, if you look know. at the scenes where she's holding the crown and is in front of the other drag queens, spoiler I, I alert. do think I noticed she. So she has a very specific makeup look that it's really nice. It is the same makeup look the entire movie. Yeah, she but also all her parts in one day. But also, like at the end of the movie, like she's standing in front of James and Morgan. And neither of them are reacting to her. It's oh my very god! Funny. Oh um, my god! Oh I want to know. Um, neither of that. Like, I like, do have one question. Yeah. How often do we think Rue was in sweatpants when she was in a close-up? Almost every shot of her is a close-up. A close-up. So yeah, there's never a two-shot with her. Yeah, yeah. never. Yeah. It's, oh my god! It's wild enough that like 
I, I just, so, you just made me realize this and I hate it. Yeah, no, I didn't think about that either. I wasn't paying attention. I'm going to be honest. I had to go to work later and I was so mad that I couldn't be high for this movie. Oh, on the way out, they see the crown and you learn that the way you get the crown is you have to win the ball, which is great because not a single person from ballroom is in any way associated with this movie. It's also a pageant, other than, not a ball. Other than Michelle, who's the narrator, who's just like telling the story and at some point Kim Petras and at some point Charo come in and do nothing. They do yeah. not sing. Well, Kim Petras sings a little bit. I mean, Charo does Charo. Yeah, but I'm like, why were you guys here? So anyway, that's your Michelle cameo is she's just at her house. And she's like, we're in a cabin. And Charo's like, we're neighbors. And she goes, no, we're not. We're in a cabin in the woods. And I'm like, this is bad improv. Yeah. You learn it's the crown. It's going to be locked up and hidden while the ball is happening. And Chris Rodriguez runs into the mayor's security who is a hot guy, she spills her coffee on him, which is wild, because they both love coffee, and they've never met anyone else who likes coffee. He takes off his shirt because someone watched New Moon and thought that was a good character trait, and then he leaves, and- Wait, is that not a Hallmark thing? It's not really a Hallmark thing. Like, you might get some, you know- Hot himbo without a shirt on? I mean, you're gonna get a hot himbo, because the Hallmark men are not- all of the Hallmark women are, like, fallen from grace actresses. All of the Hallmark men are... And by fallen from grace actresses, I mean, like, what are, uh, Lacey Javert, where it's just, like, they haven't worked in years. It, Not, like, problematic. Those are the ones that go to Candace Cameron's Beret's Hallmark channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we like a, we like a Hallmark, because we stand a Melissa Joan Hart, a Lacey Chabert, a Mia Kirshner. So the men in these movies tend to be very <laughs> flat characters, and their personality traits tend to be hot, hot, rugged, and maybe not the best for you, but not in a way that's unappealing. Then moving on, so he's the security guy, and he has a tragic backstory that we'll get to. Chris Rodriguez finds herself at the inn. Katya, played by Brooklyn Heights, lets her in. The inn is terrible. I think it needs to be stated that James Mansfield, the villain's entire thing is, our town is really nice, except for this really run-down, gross part of town that scares people away, and if we wanted to be a nicer town, we should take it down. And I agree with this well no, no, she I was, was rooting for james the entire movie she wants to turn it into a cardigan she wants outlet. to turn it into a, a mall that has a cardigan outlet yeah which like sure i guess outlets are bad but also i don't know i was like if, i disagree i've gotten like, many good deals at outlets it, i'm like i get yeah it's one of those things where i'm like i again was rooting for james because i was like you get to the inn and it's terrible i'm like oh it should be charming but in like a rough way yes. or it should be a gay bar and the point is she's tearing down a local gay bar. The only gay bar in town. Yeah. But no. But it is quite literally a drug den. It's a drug den. Yeah, it's a and drug a, den. It's a shithole. It's a shithole. Katya Brooke gets her Johns there. Then uh, Chris Rodriguez walks up to my best friend, Ginger Minj. Who is probably the best part of the movie. I gotta be real. I will say, Ginger is actually spectacular. Yeah, she's she trying so hard. She does a great job. She plays this character really well. Everyone else falls into drag race acting a lot in this movie. With maybe the exception of like, Mick and maybe Latrice. Ginger is very specifically in a character who has levels and isn't just yelling the entire time. I mean, Ginger also did something really weird, and it's not bad weird, it's just something I noticed. So, Ginger, very Southern, proudly of that. She plays her character like she's from Minnesota. Yeah. Which is just yeah. silly, Great. and it's I'm fine with it. Very that. charming. She lets her into 
her room. We forgot one thing. What did we forget? Peppermint. Oh, that's right. Oh, Peppermint's a cab driver. She's fantastic. Yes. Here's the thing. Oh, God, poor Peppermint. The drag queens who come out of this movie doing well are Peppermint. Ginger. Ginger. Latrice. Latrice. Kelly Mantle. And James. Yeah, 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 James, James. And probably Rock, because Rock and Manila, because they don't do anything in the movie. Oh, and Porkchop. Oh, and I guess if that's the case. Wait, do you know where Porkchop was in the movie? I'm still so was shocked it, about isn't, this. Isn't it the husband? Yeah. Yeah. James's husband is Porkchop. Porkchop's is one of the best actresses of all time, then. Um, I mean, she doesn't say much, and you don't know what Porkchop looks like, because she was in one episode out of drag. I will say this. I think that, like... Most of the queens weirdly come out unscathed because I would say that Kylie as Dolly Parton comes out unscathed, and Chad Michaels as Cher yeah, comes out as like, unscathed. It's one of those things where it's just like anyone who only has one line is kind of okay. Ginger and Peppermint make the scenes that they're in slightly watchable, except for Brooke and Janner. There, yeah. both of them are quite bad. Oh god, they um, are. They really are. And Do- then you have James, who's like also James is doing a good job. Yeah. Two things, though, that I thought was really funny, because there was something that I was excited to say, and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, I'm wrong. Because what I was originally going to say was, this is clearly all the queens who are local to LA. Worse. Either didn't get invited or said no originally to AJ and the Queen. But here's the thing. A lot of them were also in AJ I and the Queen. Say, yeah. I was going to say, these are a lot of the AJ and the Queen. I think they filmed this during a drag con, and these were the girls who could get away for five minutes to film. Maybe. But... Let's actually get into the plot. So, Well, the plot doesn't start till the 45-minute mark. There isn't a plot. So Peppermint drives her. She's there. Oh, Peppermint's also a bad driver. It's not explained. Yeah. But she's the only cabbie in town. <sighs> and so she takes her up to her room. It's literally a shithole. She's like, you wanted the pirate theme, so it's leaking. It's like, again, this is a bad place. Yeah. There's literally a point where Laganja Estranja death drops through the ceiling and just is, like, on the ground. She almost dies the way Gibby did in that one episode of iCarly, and then she gets back up, and it's like, yeah, if people are falling through your ceiling, close this place. Which happens many times throughout this movie. And also, she calls it purgatory at one point. I'm like, girl, you have no idea. We're in purgatory watching this. Yes. I'm kidding, this is hell. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I didn't lean back for that one. Ginger has a lot of loans to repay, and if she can't, get money to repay them she's going to have to close the inn good but a thing here is saying oh we're going to win the ball and then we'll get you the money we just need a team so it's krista ginger brooke peppermint and then jan is playing jane beige who's like i want to be a pop star but i have no personality and i'm like then don't paint like jan in the first scene like jan is painted as pop star jan the entire movie which is not how you should paint if you're going to be like my entire personality is beige so can we talk about the fact that they cast jan to be chronic no personality disorder wannabe pop star this feels so personal i felt so yeah. mean i was like they cast jan as you're safe this week yep <laughs> i feel like that was kind of the joke they were like they, they the ca- funny joke they cast <laughs> jan as gg you're the winner of this week's musical it's just so mean and i would, about- say, I would sh- say at least she got paid but it was streaming so probably not no, no it, it, it aired on um vh1 oh 
Lovely. We're at the 30 minute mark of the film. We still don't have a plot. So and we're not pl- going to get we one. We officially really, have but. the plot is they're going to try to win the ball. So the first thing they have to do is they have to make outfits for the fashion show portion. Yeah. And they, uh, Chris Rodriguez makes a bunch of really cute outfits. She can sew apparently. Yeah. She's going to win this design challenge. And then they walk out in not the outfit she made. Nope. And all trip. Yep. And then Brooke walks out and just like takes off her top and reveals that her tits are out. Yeah. And I was Why? Like, and they're the um they're the bouncy kind. They're they're like they're like they're not a jimbo breastplate, which would be kind of funny. They're like coconut. The, they're like the small breastplate. Yeah, they're the coconut breastplate. Yeah, they're the bouncy where ones. Where they're, they're a little bit too small to proportionize. Then they go back to the end and like, we're never gonna win. And they're like, no, because we were trying to be like them. We need to be like us. And I'm like, your version of being like them was taking your top off. Not even take. Like it was clear that the outfit never had a top because they were like doing reveals. Yeah. And then her reveal was, "I'm revealing, and my tits are out." Yeah. It's one of those things where it's just like it's an obvious reveal code that her tits are out. It's yeah. just it doesn't make sense for them to be like it's because we were trying to be them and like. The answer for that is to just have very, like, makeshifty outfits and to, like, have no personality and not win because you're not interesting. So, quick thing that I'm genuinely curious. Oh, and uh, Ross and Carson are... The judges. Are the judges as Roth and Cressley? I think I don't so. Know. And they're supposed to be straight. Yes, they're very heterosexual. Yeah, they're, they're, they're sleeping with each other's wives. Yep. Sure, Jan. Yep. Um, yep. 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 So, yep. here's my question. I'd love to hear it. I'm kind of bummed I don't still have this on my DVR. Here's why. I don't remember if the tits were blurred or not. They're on, not. No, on TV. Because oh. as I said, it aired on VH1. They probably, yeah, they probably blurred the tits. So they probably blurred, blurred the tits. The, the tits were not blurred on no. Paramount. Again, nope. that was one of those things where I was like, oh, you can't. Because again, if this movie was just like three degrees less dirty, you could air it at like 10 p.m. on CBS twice a year on christmas time yeah and like not necessarily make money but you draw in a new crowd yeah you draw in the people who are just like oh i'll watch the weird gay christmas and it literally can't because it says a lot of inappropriate words and has tits out but moving on from there they're now like we need to do these things like us rather than doing it like them now we don't know what this means so they lose like three events yeah they just like we skip those events, but they've lost Fuck them. those events, they yeah. lost them. And we get... We uh, have a time crunch, and we yeah. need to keep this to 86 minutes. <laughs> the movie, not the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, they... Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like how they no longer have mini-challenges. <laughs> they had to air an episode of The Real Friends of WeHo after this on VH1, <laughs> so it had to keep moving. This so, was pre-that. I would rather watch that. <laughs> Anyway, so they then do a dirty carol off. They do a Christmas carol off. What the fuck does that mean? And they're just singing a dirty version of the 12 Days of Christmas. Well, the high-end bitches are singing the 12 Days of Christmas. And, and they're singing dirty the, lines. And the broads are singing, like, the dirty lines. Oh, that's and right, that's right. They start calling themselves the broads. That yeah, happened. Yeah, I think they've been calling themselves the broads the entire time. I did not care. They're like singing dirty versions of Christmas songs. And it's so funny that they win on the spot. And I'm like, this is so dumb. Again, it's not, the problem is, is that (sighs) the jokes all fall quite flat. Like they're not funny enough to warrant what they're doing. Probably at this point, we get another Chris Rodriguez scene. 
every Chris Rodriguez scene with the boy is bad. Yeah. Because they're intentionally doing bad dialogue to, like, ape these Hallmark movies. The problem is, is that if you're going to do that, you set yourself with a standard that your other dialogue has to be good. So that yep. your bad dialogue sticks out as being particularly bad. But Otherwise, the, uh, if everything's every, bad. If all yeah. the dialogue is bad, it's not a joke that your dialogue in this scene is bad. It's just you have more bad dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just not, it doesn't work. I have a weird question. Please. I, I have a lot of, I, I genuinely we have, have so, a, I have, there's so many. I know. So I'm many questions, not enough answers. So that we can, we can discuss more in depth. True. Fair. Facts. But out of curiosity, do you think that the writers of this movie, because I would have expected, like, they could have gotten better writers. Do you think that this was them being like, the writers wanted like a bump in pay and they said, no, but you can write a Christmas movie. I mean, I have a feeling that WoW just has a specific team they always work with. Fair. And I'm going to guess these all these people also probably write, like, baby queens or whatever that... It's drag tots? tots? Drag tots, yeah. I'm sure they probably also write drag tots and, like, all that stuff. I'm just guessing that they don't do a lot of stuff. Sorry, oh, that's... also, I do want to say, when they, they're like, we're going to go get coffee. How do you like your coffee? And she says, oat milk. And I'm like, he should question you being from a big city if you say you like oat milk in your coffee. And they don't do that because the movie isn't smart enough to recognize something else as, like, being the proper... Like, the movie doesn't recognize that, like, that's a big city thing. Yeah. It's just a thing the writers drink in their coffee. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, the only person who ever makes a joke about her being from the big city is Ginger Minge. Well, a few people do. People will call it and then uncall it really yeah. quickly. But so they're now going to play things by their own rules. They do dirty Christmas carols. They Mayor Kunt, that is her name. Mayor Kunt loves um, it. Sister loves Mar- it. which must be related to Sister Mary Kuntz. <laughs> Probably. And then we get the next thing is they have to decorate a tree and Peppermint brings them everyone else comes with pre-decorated trees and Peppermint brings them the worst tree undecorated and they put a bunch of like condoms, condoms on it and like cans. And while she's looking for lights, she discovers that the crown is hidden in the bank. Chris Rodriguez hears the mayor having an affair with James's husband. None of this will matter. I mean, it literally does matter. This is a huge part. Yeah, plot this is actually the this okay. is actually the only plot in the movie, Pope. Um, I just I I okay. Nothing matters because the movie doesn't matter, but this actually matters to the plot. Is she learns where the crown is hidden, which is in the bank vault. Nothing matters. Smile anyway. Moving on. Um, she also learns the uh, code. Uh, yeah, she learns the code. Imagine you're fucking someone yelling your pin number. Wait, you don't? <laughs> One, five, five, seven. Uh. That is actually Pope's real pin number. Uh, don't beat that. <laughs> if you want to commit fraud, <laughs> now you can. That's one five five seven, kid. Is that actually your pin number? No. <laughs> okay. no. Joe. I don't know your pin number. Joe, I haven't do, committed I'm, fraud against you. I'm not that stupid. Nick, is that your pin number? Nick, if that's your <laughs> pin number, you have to tell us. It's like when we ask if you're a cop. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the way that they fix it, though, is that they just have Jan stand behind the tree and sing Ave Maria, but she doesn't know all the words to Ave Maria, so she's just, like, saying, like, one of the lines is literally, Maria's a nice name. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but also, it's probably the worst I've ever heard Jan sing. It's one of those things, where, like, Jan is such an impressive singer, and her real thing is 
how high her like boy belt gets. Yeah. And this is like an opera-y moment where she doesn't show off that she's an insanely talented singer. So like it doesn't read, but they win anyway. Nope. So two things. One, you are correct, Joe. Because if you remember, because if you remember when we went to see Christmas Queens, I said, oh, when I saw it last year, Jan sang Oh Holy Night. And usually they get a singer to sing Oh Holy Night at the end because it's actually like really beautiful and moving and charming. And we just didn't have a singer. And we didn't have a singer. Um, So they just didn't sing it. But like I saw Jan do Shallow in Lady Gaga's key at uh, Star is Born This Way and like absolutely blew the roof off the place. Like Jan is an incredible live vocalist and just an incredible vocalist in general. And it's annoying that they were like, well, we need to, like, keep this Christmassy, so we're going to instead have you, like, opera sing it in a way that's kind of boring. Not even that. It's also just kind of, like, I could be wrong, but I wonder if there's a thing where it's, like, a case where no one can be better than RuPaul. Well, RuPaul isn't very and, good. And well, Rupa- also, but also RuPaul isn't really in this movie. I think it's important no. to note that Chris Rodriguez's ringtone is Kitty Girl, which means RuPaul Existent- exists in the world and also plays a character. Joe. Joe, she exists in the Runiverse. Anyway, um, we're moving on from that because I don't like it. <laughs> oh, wait. Speaking of... No, no. we're going to move on. No, 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 no. This has to do with this. Trust me. Speaking of I don't think you can be better than RuPaul, one of my favorite facts about Krista Rodriguez is that she was on the original pilot for How I Met Your Father. Yes. With Greta Gerwig. Okay. And she was fired because they said that she was outshining Greta Gerwig. Damn. Well, that's not that hard. Greta Gerwig is now most known as a director. I know, but it's just funny to me that like, (laughs) that's like the thing is like Krista Rodriguez was so good. She had, she outshined Greta Gerwig and like was like a secondary character. And now she's doing this and it's like, honey. How the mighty have fallen. Exactly. And she's not even going to be playing Meg and Hercules when it never goes to Broadway. Damn. No, it's going to Broadway. Anyway. We are not a Broadway podcast. Well, Well, we we could could be. be. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. (laughs) We're not a Jinx Monsoon podcast. No. But David wants to be. The we could anyway. Be Joe. Anyway. Joe, we could be. David. Yes. Love you. So they have two points on the board. It's out of seven. James has three points on the board. They have two points on the board. And James hires a private investigator to try to take down Krista Rodriguez. The broads. And at the same time, Krista Rodriguez gets a call from RuPaul who's like, your piece is too nice to the people of this town. I need it to be a hit piece. And she's like, well, I figure, and where's the crown? She went, I know where the crown is. It's in the bank vault and this is the code. And she's like, cool, don't worry about the crown anymore. Not suspicious at all. Just write the meanest things you can about these girls. And you'll be able to be chief lady boss in charge of lady bossing. Oh, one other thing. It's like, you could just make her an editor. Like, like, you could call her, like, an editrix, and it would be, like, cute, feminine, and not an insane phrase. It'd be equally stupid. Did we miss the part where the mayor's last name is really your cunt? Oh, uh, that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. Okay. Because then, after all of this, she then also has a night with... Oh, you also see a flashback of her... Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, this so flashback. So she, she has a night with the boy, boy character. Big Russ. Why wasn't this just played by Bryce? He can't act anyway. Where he... Because <laughs> he has standards. He's a rocket scientist. I've seen his TikToks. He has no standards. Where you learn both of their tragic backstories. So Krista Rodriguez was abandoned on the steps of Gorge. 
and adopted by RuPaul, who treated her like an assistant and never let her play. She wasn't adopted by her. She just got her uh, employed. She was employed. She Um, employed her. I kept feeling like it would be really funny if RuPaul played herself in all the flashbacks and just looked exactly the same. But Joe, that would be funny, and we can't have funny things in this movie. And instead, it's just like a random lady with RuPaul's voice. Also, um, RuPaul didn't want to show up for yeah. more than one day of work or be in a scene with anyone. Yeah, but anyway, it's just a lady in a, in a hateful red wig. Um, a lot of hateful red wigs so in this movie. So many bad wigs. Um, and then RuPaul's wig, which is stunning. None of um, them were pussycat wigs. Yes, literally one of them was. Which one? Mayhem Miller wears a bus driver as a bus driver. (laughs) Mayhem, why? No. Another person who did not do well in RuPaul acting challenges, (laughs) who is getting a lot of lines in this movie. Anyway. Can uh, we talk about how the two winners of... There's only two winners in this movie. No one wins in this movie. No one. No, no, no. There's only Chad Michaels... And Kylie. And they just do impressions of other people? Exactly. And they're only in like five seconds. Yeah. And you learn that the guy's wife was killed in the clock tower. So the clock tower always is on the same time, which feels like it's going to be a moment and just isn't. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, your tragic backstory was the saddest dumb thing you could think of. She might as well have shit herself to death. (laughs) Like, that is the- I get someone to laugh. (laughs) Like, that is the level of, like, writing that we're doing now. And then the investigator comes in, checks into the hotel. In drag. In drag. Bad drag. I was like, why didn't you hire, like, Cameron Michaels or something? Why didn't you get someone who's, like, hot out of drag to be the investigator so that they could be a hot guy and then turn into a beautiful woman? Like, make it Cameron Michaels, and because it's not a lot of lines. Cameron could say those. He finds the the hit piece and then we get a cooking competition where they repeat the joke from the devil wears prada about how she never does anything major to react but you can tell by her face what she likes and doesn't like and she's like she'll purse her lips if she doesn't like it and then she fully frowns and shakes her head and i was like she won't just purse her lips and then they bring out a ham which isn't related to them being broads it's just like ham shouldn't have been a pork chop no, it should have been a drink. Because it's a bar. Yeah, like, it should have been a drink, and, like, everyone else brought food. And she, like, gets a little drunk and is like, oh, like, well, give me a double. But instead it's ham, and they win on the spot again. Then James announces that Chris Rodriguez is bad, actually, and the broads are disqualified for some reason because Chris Rodriguez is bad and lying about who she is. And Maggie Zine is no longer welcome. And somehow this isn't the end of the movie. We well, still no. have more time. Well, yeah, no, that's, this is the Dark Knight of the Soul. And I was experiencing Dark Knight of the Soul when I realized that there were still 30 minutes left. I think at this point, I literally just lied down in the earth and let nature take me. I needed to get out of here, so I waited at a bus stop, like Roxy Andrews. Oh! Um, and unlike Roxy Andrews, someone actually came for me. Uh, no! <laughs> My goodness. The bus arrives and Latrice is there. And she's like, are you the bus driver? She goes, no, I'm the spirit of Christmas. Are you Madeline? She goes, no. And he's like, well, you need help anyway. And I, so that was my favorite joke. It was, was the closest time the movie got to being funny. Yeah. I really wish that when they went to the past, it was Madeline's past. Yeah. And they had to go to a different past. This is when you learn about her like working through Christmas or something. Yeah. In the scene where you learn the tragic backstory of the man, you also see... A picture of the mayor of the mayor's sister 
and the sister is Hannah Yerkunt, uh, which is their original name, but they changed to Kunt because one syllable names play better or something. She, yeah. I long for death. <laughs> it's very obviously the lady from the flashback, so it's really obvious that RuPaul is going to be the mayor's sister. Also, just like the economy of characters. They get off the bus and she's like, the actual bus is there. It's Mayhem Miller in a bus driver wig or pussycat wig acting poorly. And then Chris Rodriguez is like, I have to go save Christmas. And Kelly Mantle shows up and is like, my name's Madeline. Where's my dream ghost? Take me back to the past. And it's honestly- It's so funny. It's yeah. so good. I wish that Kelly had done better on her season, but she wore bacon instead. Now, uh, Chris Rodriguez- is like, we can still do this. She stands on a chair again and doesn't sing. Nope. She stands up on so many things and never sings. And she's like, we have a song we need to do. We can still compete because Maggie Zine was eliminated, not whatever my name is. Olivia blah, blah, blah. Is it Olivia or Isabella? It's Olivia. It does not matter. It's, it's Olivia. We get um, uh, the James Manfields does an interpretive dance as to why white people are the only people who should celebrate Christmas or something. I don't really know. The joke's not funny. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, so the winner is, and then wait, stop. The girls have to sing genuinely a great song. Yeah. Uh... Like it was quite good. If they had shown a little bit of restraint and not had the weird, doesn't make sense, fake controversy by Brooke and having Jan, instead of singing just Christmas stuff, sing that thing about finding a mole and making it her whole personality, which- Okay. Like, this could have been a good add-it-to-your-playlist Christmas song. But it's not. But it's almost as there. The music is good. It's catchy. The vocals are mostly good. Why are they dressed like the Spice Girls? I don't know. Uh, because drag queen. I, I was like, why I is Ginger wearing a... Oh my god, she's supposed to be Ginger... Oh, yes. she's supposed to be Scary Spice. Oh, oh she's sporty. Oh, she's posh. Oh, I she's baby. I think it would have been funny if instead of wearing the Union Jack, Ginger had been dressed in a dress Amer that was the american flag the minnesota flag that would oh, have been, been funny, funny. that um, would have been very funny again no one wrote a joke for this entire movie rupaul shows up and she's stolen the crown because the crown is worth a lot of money and gorge is going out of business and a helicopter is going to take her away and no one tries to stop her until chris rodriguez climbs a christmas pier grab it and she's like i'm actually your mother but women can't succeed in business without really trying so I lied and said that you were found because I gave birth on the steps of my work and no one noticed, but I'm your mom. And she's like, you've never been my mother. No, you're not my mother. Slap. Yeah, it's that. And Everyone's then, slapping each other. And then other. everyone slaps. That's where we get Kamora Black and Cher. I mean, Chad Michaels. I snap need out of it. She goes, snap out of it, Fernando. Snap out of it, Fernando. Play can... wagon wheel Watusi, Fernando. <laughs> I'm so depressed, not even the shares can save me. Do you believe in life after the bitch who stole Christmas? <laughs> I don't know, Cher. I just don't know. Um, Maybe a wagon wheel Watusi will help. I hope so, Cher. I hope so. Your mom never showed you how to do your makeup. When you're doing your makeup, it's like painting, but your canvas is a face. I... <laughs> God, I love the movie Burlesque. I hate this movie. Why can't um, we watch Burlesque? That has Sharon in it. Welcome to Burlesque. Anyway, so Chris Rodriguez gets the crown. The day is saved. But oh no, even though the broads were back in, they'd been eliminated. So they didn't get their points. So they only won one of the contests. So James still wins. But then the town 
just starts throwing hundreds of dollars at them. The broads. So, the broad, so they can the... pay the loans. Yeah. So they can save the whorehouse. So they can save, again. It's not even a whorehouse. It's, it's not a just whorehouse. a rundown bar. It's just and a again, hotel. The thing about life, about Hallmark movies is that the towns are idyllic. They're idyllic yep. small towns. And it would have been nice if it was like, if this had just been the local gay bar, and Perfect. it was like nice, Saved. and it had a, an inn on top of it, and they had, Peppermint was also a trans woman who was performing there and was a drag queen. You could have really easily told a very good story about small towns hating queer people, because instead, they're just like, Ginger, Jane, and uh, Ginger, Jan, and Peppermint are all just people who live in this town who are playing cis women because none of the drag queens are playing drag queens. So they are literally all just people in this town who could fit in anywhere. And then you have Brooke who's just playing Katya and she needs a place to get her Johns. The inn doesn't matter because the inn is bad and arguably should be torn down. Yeah, but it's not. Instead, um, James loses and her husband's cheating on her and she's not even going to win the fame game. So what was the point? We move on to the ending scene where they're all celebrating Christmas and RuPaul comes back and is like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me be your mother now. And they're like, okay. And she's like, I'm still going to give you a promotion to Gottmik. I'm kidding. They do actually say I'm going to give your promotion to Gottmik, which is very funny. Yeah. The guy comes in and she's like, you still don't have her personality. He proposes to her and they're like, that's insane. Just take your shirt off and come in. Yeah. The movie ends. The end credits. So after Joe and David have uh, peeled me off the carpet because I was, again, trying to have a sky burial. What's a sky burial? Oh, it's where you basically get thrown into the woods and you let the birds eat you. Wow. See, I would have gone like deeper. I would have gone Viking funeral. I was hoping for that too, but I know you're not great with the bow and arrow. Listen, I might not be Katniss Everdeen. So, I do want to say, excluding RuPaul, how many drag queens do you think are in this movie? 65. In or out of drag? How many drag queen cameos are we having? I'm including anyone who isn't RuPaul. I'm not including Michelle, Carson, Cressley, Kim Petras, any of those people, but I'm including the Ru girls on the show. Wow, Dave's actually counting. I am. So I said 65. And I was only half joking. I'm going to give an honest estimation of about 30. 25. It's 20. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It is Heidi, Gottmik, Manila, Rockham, Raven, Pandora, Brooke, Morgan McMichaels, Kylie, James Mansfield, Peppermint, Ginger, Jan, Latrice, Mayhem, Kelly Mantle, Laganja Estranja, Kamora Black, Chad Michaels, and Porkchop. Wow. That's so many people I love. Why did they not get to do anything in this horrible movie? I'm still convinced that Coco Montrese was there. She wasn't. She wasn't. When the movie started, I was already a little bit like, oh, okay, we're just going to watch a lot of stock footage in New York. Okay, I get it. That's expensive. And we start with a little parody of The Devil Wears Prada. And okay, Gottmik's funny. Gottmik is- Gottmik, again, is probably the best person in the movie for me. Yeah. Because Gottmik is also like- like, Latrice is great. Latrice is not acting. No, Gothic she's being Latrice. feels like she's acting a little yeah. bit. She's yeah. delivering jokes. She's, like, she's doing whatever she needs to do. 
But when we got to the town, what I thought was going to happen is all the girl parts were going to be played by drag queens. And that's not what happened. All of the other teams are women. Yes. Including one of the teams that's something bussies. Uh, also Chaim Lane, which is... Which is probably one of the better... It's so bad it almost becomes good. Yeah. Which, why isn't Cracker in that moment? Exactly. Thank you. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, we could have gotten just 10 more Rue girls and you would have filled out the entire cast. You could have had Mariah play the mayor and then you would have had an actual ballroom performer as the mayor and that would have given you some legitimacy. Could have had Bob play the detective because they even say she's a suspiciously tall woman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of- No, Bob's thing is suspiciously large. But again, you you could have had a drag a reason. You yeah. could have had a a drag queen as the detective. Again, I think it should have been Cameron. Yeah. I think you should have had like a buff, attractive man who turns into a pretty lady instead of being a bad drag queen. But yeah, it's one of those things where like all of the drag queens are playing women. They're not playing drag queens. Which is fine. Which is fine. But then just like cast five more drag queens around them. Yeah, I, I will say that it's kind of funny because. I'm sure that there are people who are listening to this who love this movie. I disagree. I don't think I there are people who don't. love this Not movie. Not the bitch who stole Christmas. Okay. Okay. <laughs> girls will be girls. Okay. That movie's great. I don't know what movie that, I don't know what that oh, movie is. Oh, you haven't is. seen that one. Why didn't we watch that? Of course I haven't. It's a movie. Okay. So girls will be girls is Coco Peru. And I can't remember the other two. Oh my God. It's Coco Peru, Jack Plotnick. And someone else. Jack Plotnick is an actor. Right. Is it like another Tu Wong Fu? No. No. No, no, no. It's, it's a very campy. Dark comedy. Dark gay comedy. Every female character is played by a drag queen. Yeah, that would be great. It's one of those things where like, take Heidi out of the office, put her into a, a cameo here. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. guess, like, only have Mick be the only cameo in the office. And then you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be difficult if this movie had a director with a point of view, it could have been good. And instead, it feels like a hollow cash grab that isn't trying to do anything other than fulfill Paramount Plus, we're going to sell you a Christmas movie, you're going to buy it in addition to Drag Race, and because we're making you a Christmas movie, you're going to give us X amount of money, and we're going to deliver you nothing. Well, VH1, not Paramount Plus, because I don't I think Paramount Plus had launched yet. Viacom. Yeah. 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 Um. We're going to sell this alongside the all-winner season. Fair. And you're going to buy it because you want the all-winner yes. season. Yes. I will say this. And I could be wrong, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Joe was saying something earlier, which was essentially the, like, if you like it, it's all the difference when you're parodying. Yeah, if you love something, you can parody right. it. If yes. you don't like something. And this doesn't even well, feel like they hate it. They don't know it. I, this it's, is, yeah. it's not even that. I kind of feel like... There's this weird, and it's funny because I was bringing up girls will be girls for a reason. I feel like there is a weird gay generational gap where, and this goes with RuPaul, the sort of like older queer cinema is this sort of like very crass, in your face, mean humor. And I feel like it has to go with how gay people view themselves and how gay people feel like they're being viewed. If a younger person had written this, I think it would have had a lot more heart. It just comes from a place of RuPaul being like, this is what a gay movie is. And being like kind of bitter. And yeah. Small towns are bad. Yeah. And all of these. And it's like, you can just actually make this a happy play. Right. Because like, what you were pitching was like, yeah, that's a really good idea and a really good movie. The problem is, is the fact that I don't think RuPaul has seen those movies or RuPaul, because the truth of the matter is the fact that it's like... RuPaul 
has a very limited scope of media that he's seen in the last 20 years. Yeah, like I'm, yep. I'm completely convinced that the reason why we haven't had a hyper queen or a drag king on main season of Drag Race is because RuPaul is way more judge, jury, and executioner on those. Yep. Yeah. And RuPaul is not a fan. Yeah. Like, they don't understand it. They don't want to understand yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so I taught screenwriting at the Span College of Art and Design. During my grad program, I was a student professor, yada, yada, yada. Um, adjunct? At, uh, not even that. I wasn't paid. But did people look at your adjunct? I'm going to punch you. Did you have ads on your junk so I'm you could punch, get paid? I'm going to punch both of you, and I don't care if I get on the naughty list. But daddy, we might like it. I hate you so much. <laughs> no. Who is our primary antagonist in this film? Tell me that. Someone tell me who is our primary antagonist, when does act one end, and what is our act two supposed to be? Okay. The primary antagonist is, we have two primary antagonists, which is kind of annoying, but we have Rue as the primary antagonist for Chris Rodriguez, and we have James as the primary antagonist for the town. Except not, because there's no protagonist for the town. The town doesn't matter. The the broads are the protagonist. Ginger is the primary protagonist for the town, if you're going to talk about it like that. Is she? Krista's the protagonist for both. Krista is the protagonist for the town. But if you're going to talk about which of the broads is the most main character, it would be Ginger who has the in to lose. But none of the broads are characters. None of them get arcs. They are all the exact same person yeah. from the first scene they show up in to the last scene. No, Joe is right, though, because you're correct in that Ginger is the only one who has something to lose. Yeah, Ginger's Ginger the only character with stakes. That is fair. Like, yeah. Ginger, Ginger has stakes. Ginger has stakes. She doesn't have an arc. If we're going to pretend this 90-minute sketch is written well, which it isn't, and we're going to treat it like art, which it isn't, it does have a bad three-act structure that you can cram beats into boxes. I think act one ends when they fail in the first time. Act two is them leaning into themselves. Their midpoint and Dark Knight of the Soul is when Chris Rodriguez is revealed. And then act three is the end of the movie. I just... The mm -hmm. biggest thing this movie has is a Dark Knight of the Soul, which puts it very firmly at having a midpoint. I could pick three things for the end of Act 1. I just picked the one that I think is the most interesting. Yeah. You could also make it when they put the team together is the end of Act 1 and the montage starts Act 2. Again, it's just not a very good movie. It's a movie that just fails at movie because no one who wrote it cared. Is, yeah, because it, it's a hollow cash grab. Right, yeah. and, and I, that's my problem with it, and that's why I, I, I feel very, like, I, I disagree about the, it has a three-act structure. I don't think it has a three-act structure. I don't think it knows when its midpoint is. I don't think they knew where their ending was. They knew they had to end at the 90-page mark, and that's all they cared about getting to. And they didn't even do that. They got to, like, 86 and called it a day. Everything is so nebulous and out of order and my notes weren't great about the specific plot. There were a lot of random points where I was literally being like, oh, this happens at some point. Like, I know in my brain, I know that we see a flashback of her as a child twice. earlier. Yeah. Yes, we do Which it is twice. how we see not RuPaul, who's RuPaul, and then see her again in the Latrice Royale version of mm -hmm. the flashback. And it's basically the same sequence except for now krista gets down on her knees and she's like play outside meet people make friends which like doesn't have anything to do with what yeah. her arc has been i mean i guess it does because like gotmik is like i'm not your friend i'm not your friend i'm your gay co-worker which Yo, I, I did feel like that was a you line a little bit i want to be clear there's there, there are actively people in my life that i'm like i'm not your friend i'm your gay co-worker <laughs> Um, versus me who's like i don't want friends i want fans 
Get out of here, Scream 4. <laughs> Do I get to be Hayden Panettiere in Scream 4? Hey, she survived. She survived. Spoilers. The sixth movie's out. Hop on that. As long as I get to be Emma Roberts. Well, yeah, you're the one who runs <laughs> bands. Obviously. You literally said the thing that I know, made you Emma I know, Roberts. I know. So, okay. I think the moment then, I realized- uh, Pope is Courtney Cox. He's had a lot of work done. Obviously. <gasps> Do you know- this is an improvement. This is me with a chin implant, okay? I want you to imagine me without it. It Wait, was literally you have a like an implant? No. <laughs> I'm joking, David. That was better acting than we saw in most of this movie, though. It really was. <laughs> Fucking A. You convinced David. I did. He doesn't have a chin implant. He has a beard. The poor man's chin implant. <laughs> Fuck you. So, okay, okay, all right. I say, I say as a hater who can't grow a beard. The moment But I, I will knew. say your tits look fabulous. Thank you. I've been working on them. The he, he won He won the challenge fresh meat, but came in third place, so we only got $10,000 and spent them on tits. Oh, really? Because I thought that, you know- That was at- actually a thing that happened on the first challenge fresh meat, is that- What the, the fuck are you talking place. about? Fresh meat. fresh meat was when they brought in people who'd never been on Road Rules or Real World and paired them up with people who had, uh-huh. and Wes and his partner came in third place because they won every elimination, and she was like, oh yeah, I spent my money on tits. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me that Pope- swiped his dance card once and it said for dance 10 for looks three one ouch <laughs> i hate that the entire left side of this room has just been going hard on me but let's talk about something else <laughs> real fast no clue what i'm talking about do you tits and ass okay just yes sure. i remember the song you orchestra played it for and balcony i hate it here. what you want is what you see this is not a musical podcast but it could be <laughs> This is currently a really bad movie podcast where I had the realization that this movie was never going to get good because Peppermint looked like she was given her lines 10 minutes before they started filming. And I know Peppermint's a good actress. I saw the slime tutorial of that one thing she was in. Head Over Heels. I don't care. Do you know what Head Over Heels is? Musical. (laughs) After this episode... Pope needs a vacation. I do. I do. Meant to be spent alone. I thought I, I thought I was having. I thought I was having a vacation, and then I get these two homosexuals popping out of the woodwork, going, "Stephen, we're gonna watch the bitch who stole Christmas." And I'm like, "Well, how bad could it be? How fucking bad could it be?" I want to be clear. I gave you options. We also could have watched the Drag Race Holiday Special. Or Jason Dela's Holiday Spectacular. No, no, no. Wait, what? We had options? We had options? <laughs> I fully gave you options. You gave us options and we I went with this? I did not know that we had options. I, I could have watched the Jason Dela Christmas special. That thing's like, good. Oh my God. Yeah, but then we would have had to spend I mean, $5 I each. I want to be clear. I gave Pope options. I didn't give David <laughs> options. I literally said, oh, we don't need to just do this. We could do any of these three. And you were like, no, we should do the bitch who stole Christmas. <laughs> I gave them to you at Din Tai Fung when David was in the bathroom. <laughs> when I was like p- pitching you hard on the on the Christmas special. I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> I think I'm having a stroke. Somebody <laughs> call the doctor. Get me the paper bag. Get me the paper bag. The same one. They only have one on set and I need it. I love it. I go to the bathroom and Pope gets options. So. I mean, you were, you were already signed on. I needed to option Pope. Uh, I'm down to clown. I'm not, I'm, I. That's why I have an emotional support Jimbo. 
Oh wow! Wow! Oh my god, it's it's dueling Jennifer Coolidge's. <laughs> I was trying to do a Jimbo. Dueling Jennifer Coolidge's. I wonder if that happened on a recent season of Drag Race. I don't know. We're not Wink. covering it. We're not covering it. I will say I am impressed with it. Yeah. Yeah. Worst snatch game that they've had, but that's actually just a really high bar. Really yeah, is. Just to quickly go into it, dear listener, we all are watching Canada. We all have opinions on Canada. We're just not going to necessarily give them, but we're happy that you're listening to this episode anyways. Sorry denim, for the denim, screaming. Denim. denim, denim, denim. Oh, yeah. That's who I'm team. Team denim, denim, denim. <laughs> So you're team denim, I'm team denim, who are you team? The girlfriend experience. Honestly? Yeah. Little bit? Girlfriend experience? I love her. How much have you watched? I've only watched like three episodes. I'm very behind. I'm also team kitten. I really like kitten. Also, I I saw that picture of kitten out of drag uh, from her 50th birthday and I was like, hey daddy. Oh my. Yeah, I feel like the only one that I'm like really, really like hardcore on is denim i really like i denim. really like, I like denim. Den- i like denim's worldview yeah i like denim a lot speaking of canadians why is brooke playing, playing katya, katya? clearly like, they like, wrote this for katya i think katya was like i've literally been in, on hbo at this point i'm not doing your well, your shitty no. movie i don't remember if it was on it, where it was but katya did flat out say on something that like she doesn't she, enjoy acting she doesn't enjoy acting and she's like this is a lot of people's dreams and i'm not going to take it away from them yeah Rewrite the part. Yeah, just, you don't even need to really rewrite it. Just, like, she can just be a hooker who is Canadian. But they even painted her like Katya. Like, everything was, we really wanted Katya, but Katya did not show up. That's just how Brooke used to paint her face. Also, like, when Brooke walked in the workroom, she was compared to Katya a lot. Oh. It was compared to Willem. What? It's just one of those weird things where... Brooke got compared to Katya, and Katya got compared to Willem, and it's the weirdest thing. That makes less sense. Katya's Katya got compared to Willem? Oh, people called Katya a low-rent Will- Willem impersonator before her season started. Which is interesting, because Willem used to be a sex worker. She was the queen of the four-minute blowjob. I mean, Katya, same. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Katya, Katya's talked about doing sex work. Yeah, she's very proud of it. Okay. Oh, I thought that was just like a character trait. I mean, the character also. Uh, Katya, but like... Katya, the character, and Katya, and like Brian, the person. I think have both done sex work. Yeah. I mean, where was I when Brian was doing sex work? <laughs> okay, so moving on. <laughs> so, I have scandalized the right side of the room. A little bit. A little bit. I don't like being called the right side of anything. Me um, neither. Me neither. It makes me uncomfortable. Including right side of history, but still. I'm, I'm trying to think of the way to say like the west side of the room. When you're toxic, you're toxic all the way. One thing that really bothered me about this movie. Uh, you know what? I have many things that bother me about this movie. I was going to say, movie. I think you have a lot of things that bothered say, you. The only thing that bothered Pope. He had a delightful time. I had a great time. You this see, movie's fantastic. If you see Pope on the street, stop him and just tell him your favorite line from The Bitch You Stole Christmas. I'm Quick sure thing. there's five. You know, I'm going to say something. I feel like we got a lot of thorns. Here's another thorn because this rose is mostly thorns. Okay. You're going to tell me these women were brought into this fucking movie. And you couldn't hire a makeup artist for any of them. Well, uh, that's actually normal. When drag queens tend to be hired for things, they tend to be hired as their own makeup artist. Then why did no one tell James that her foundation didn't match her neck? Because they thought she knew. They oh, wait, was a that was the same choice. thing with someone else as well. I think it's so common in this movie. It drove me yeah. an anagram. I mean, you say Jane, James or Jan? James. Oh, yes. That's, I wrote that down too. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I mean, I think in general, just James doesn't, hasn't seen herself on camera in a minute. She did go home first. But like, that's normal. Like Willem and Shangela did their own makeup for A Star is Born. Okay. Like when you All hire right. a drag queen, you're hiring someone who can do their makeup because 
hiring someone to do drag makeup, you wind up with Ursula's hateful eyebrows in The Little Mermaid live action. Or you end up with that really funny episode of Glow Up. Basically, if you're hiring a drag queen, they're probably already a Mua anyways. I mean, they do definitely have a ding dong. I'm kidding. They don't always. And also, that was just a Glow Up joke. Yeah, it was. I appreciate it, though. But do they have a ding dang dong? Sing sing song? Ding dang dong. I don't know. I'm not doing this. So, okay. All right. So David wanted to give petals. You wanted to give some roses. Well, I'm going to go first because I already said it. I really like the song at the end. Okay. And I'm saying that because I don't have another thing I liked about this movie. Fair. David? You know, having watched it, I'm going to say one and a half times because I did fall asleep and I did at one point write in my notes, oh, RuPaul is in this more than I was expecting. Because <laughs> I genuinely just remembered her at the very beginning, at the very end. Oh, my other pedal is that RuPaul looks fucking amazing. Yes. It is the literal best she's ever looked. Yeah, that's fair. I think because the second time I was walking in, I didn't have expectations. Like, there are dinosaur bones higher than my expectations for this movie. Yeah, there are some dinosaur bones that have been dug up and have been put up in museums. Yeah. So there are literally dinosaur bones that are quite high in the air. I mean, I... Like, let me put it this way. My ex- my expectations were so low, they were below Australia. Damn. The, the season, not the country. <laughs> no, no, Burkina no, Los Dos. No, their expectations were buried below Australia. Yeah. Somewhere in the outback. They'll Ex- never be found. They're exactly. by a dingo. I enjoyed it more the second time around. And maybe because I was just like, oh, this is so dumb. Like, this is really, really dumb. But I will say that my, my rose is definitely a Latrice Royale. I think that Latrice is... The best part of this movie was the best cameo. I don't care if she was acting, if she was not acting. Oh, yeah. That entire segment was just so well done. It was surprising that some of these queens have never managed to break out to anything more mainstream. Yeah. Because I do think Latrice could absolutely be like the neighbor on a sitcom. Oh, absolutely. My mom would be obsessed. Yeah. It's kind of funny because probably one of the most famous drag queens who is also an actor is Divine. Yeah. And Divine was supposed to be a character on Married with Children, but tragically passed before his first night of like, filming. Like a main character? But a main character as a man. Oh. And so when you said Latrice as a neighbor, I wasn't sure if you meant in drag or out of drag. Yes. But a part of me is like one, I know that one big thing for a lot of drag queens is if you have a main character who is a drag queen on a TV show, they're going to hire an actor and then they'll fill in little bit parts with a drag queen. So it is this sort of like weird thing where when you have someone who is like a rosé who is weaponizing their BFA, it is it is kind of interesting because you have a situation where it is someone who's kind of like, I'm taking another road to possibly get to where I want to be. But even if I get there, they're not going to let me be it because they're going to give the big drag queen role to an actor, not to a drag queen. Well, I mean, and they're going to give the gay role to a straight guy. Exactly. And maybe let the homophobic king be played by a gay person. Great. I feel like we're talking about something very specific that I am unaware of, but... It was in this movie. There were no... All of the gay characters were played by straight people. Oh! Ginger Minge, noted heterosexual. So, okay. Especially Ross Matthews. I mean, seriously, he just pounds pussy like there's no tomorrow. Such a chad. Such a fucking chad. Such a fucking chad. So, here are my roses. Yes. All right. I have a handful because I feel like I hated this movie more than both of you because, like, my notes turned into a Ken Burns documentary at a certain point. Like, (laughs) I am writing to my long lost love from the battlefield by the end of my notes. 
Is, okay. that, is that what Ken Burns documentaries are like? Are they Civil War letters? Hope, were you just about to ask Joe if they've seen a Ken Burns documentary? I was not, but you made me aware that, yeah, they, they would not know that. You're fair. Fair. Like, fair. That's, yes. like, that's like asking me if I've played something on Steam. You know what Steam is? I know what Steam is. Okay, yeah, it's that, it's that room where you get blowjobs. <laughs> All right. So first rose, or I guess more petals than anything, Ginger is so good. Ginger is such a talented actress. And I don't mean just for a drag queen. I mean, legitimately, she she digs deep. She's she brought something to a character that had nothing to them. And to see her get to be not a main character, but damn near close. That was nice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Latrice Royale has the best screen presence of any fucking drag queen. I could watch her read the phone book. Do those even exist anymore? I yeah, they do. Yeah. I've wanted this since season four. I want a Latrice talk show. I want Latrice to play out of drag, the neighbor, and in drag, the neighbor's wife on a sitcom. I think that would be wonderful. You want you want her to to clumps the neighbor? Yes. For a sitcom? I think she'd be fantastic. Yeah, that was a movie that. reference. No, Fuck I you. know. It's funny though, because the minute that you were you went the clumps, I was like, I was like, why didn't they go for Liv and Maddie? Or Patty Duke. I'm too old for Liv and Maddie. I'm too old for Liv and Maddie. And even, well, I only know what Liv and Maddie is because of Patty Duke. And I only know what Patty Duke is because of my friend Vid. Um, I don't know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so do you know who Patty Duke is? No. Now, now David's giving me the Joe look. I don't like this. I just would have expected you was to be Patty some... Patty Duke a no-wave artist in the... No, Patty Duke was in Valley of the Dolls. Oh, I've only ever seen Beyond Valley of the Dolls. You've never seen Valley of the Dolls? No, I've only seen Beyond the Valley oh, of the Dolls. this is what this looks like. Interesting. <sighs> yeah, it's weird. I don't like this role reversal we have going on. Anyways, so, okay, Patty Duke was a very prominent, like, the Lindsay Lohan of her time in so many ways, just without the paparazzi. Wait, wait. Patty Duke, the woman who got kidnapped and robbed a bank and... That's no! That's oh. Patty Hearst. Okay, then I don't fucking know. Okay, Patty Duke was the Lindsay Lohan Lindsay of Lohan her time. Lindsay Lohan of her time, yes. Lohan. And... The big thing that she did was she had a TV show called The Patty Duke Show where she played herself and her cousin. And the whole thing was, oh my God, they look like the same person, but they're not. Hijinks ensues. Oh, and so, so it's like Twin Peaks, but less sad. Yes. And well, so well, then they'd be triplets. But that's why I was saying when you were saying that, I was like, oh, that's like very The Patty Duke Show that Latrice would be playing like the neighbor and the neighbor's wife. I just, Anyways, I'm done. Okay. Um, to go back to what I was saying. Because sometimes Steven gets to talk. To I don't Steven think that, talks. I don't I know. think that's part of this. I don't think it's part of it no. either. I'm I'm mostly kept around to we, check audio levels. We got you the third mic is a bit. Oh yeah, it's not even plugged in. Funny me. Which is wild because you're the one checking the audio level. I know. <laughs> wild. So it's uh, really a long con. Latrice, wonderful stage presence. I want to see her just excel. Ginger, wonderful actress. Kelly Mantle got the only laugh from me. Legitimately. Yeah, the, the thing about laugh. Kelly Mantle is it's also the only s- joke. Yeah. It's there's... the only time in the entire movie where they set up a joke and, and then it pays off. have a yeah. punchline. It's actually wild how long this movie goes without telling a proper joke. No. Yeah. It's a lot of like wacky dialogue, but. Wackity schmackity do. There's a lot of wackity schmackity do. There's so much wackity schmackity do. I'm drowning in the wackity schmackity do. But also, last thing. Russ is kind of cute. Yes. Russ, like, not yeah. my type. A little skinny for me, but you know what? Kind of cute. Pretty cute. Yeah, he was hot. He was good to look at. I he liked looking fine. at him. It was one of those things where I, like, looked him up and I was like, I'm surprised he hasn't, like, done more. 
Well, I'm he not. did the bitch who'd stole Christmas and that kind of. <laughs> well, no, no, it was like, it was surprising they didn't get like a. If they got Chris Rodriguez, it was surprising they didn't just get a Hallmark girly. Like, girly, I mean boy. <laughs> the two genders, girly and boy. <laughs> you two forget gender so hard. Sometimes it's wonderful. Anyway. <laughs> If you want to forget gender with us next time, we're going to be recapping season 16 of RuPaul's Drag Race in just a few weeks. Sweet 16. Uh, you should follow us here and also on our social medias at This Toxic Fandom. David Gordon is at David J. Gordon. Stephen Pope is at Pearl Hobbit Pope. And I'm at Joe Lee Green Giant. And if you like us, tell a friend. If you really like us, tell your friend with benefits. And if you think we're just okay... Tell the bitch who stole Christmas? Not even tell the bitch who stole Christmas. I was going to say, it's Christmas Day. Are you the one giving or receiving the presents? Figure out that and then tell the other person. I know this is a reference to something, but I'm going to- Tyra Banks. Oh. Oh, yeah. Tyra Banks. The other gender. How dare you? (laughs) Unhinged. If you want to know what I'm referencing, I highly suggest you go on YouTube and you look up Tyra Banks' show, Gay for Pay. And if you do do that, let us know you did by leaving us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And until the next time. Happy New Year. And stay toxic. <laughs> oh, and thank you, Nick, for editing this wonderful, wonderful episode. We love you. Take Three Podcast. And he is at Pickle Nick. That's the Take 3 podcast, anywhere podcasts are sold. Except they're usually free, so don't buy them. I, I, was, I was saying it like, like how you, no, uh, I, I wherever, find, find, wherever books are sold or something. Yeah. Roll the credits music. Books are also usually free. Support your local libraries. Anyway, goodbye. Bye. You know, I really Bye. thought James Mansfield was going to be the dog from the Grinch. I was surprised he had a big role. Yeah, me too. That was weird. I thought he was going to be Max. I really <laughs> did. I really did.